Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection of Washington politics and the auto retail industry. I'm your host, Libby Newman. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by Federated Insurance. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Since 1997, Federated has partnered with AIADA to provide its members superior business insurance and risk management solutions. Find out more at AIADA.org. We are joined today by AIADA Chairman Mike DeSilva, in town for meetings on Capitol Hill and here at AIADA HQ in Alexandria, Virginia. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Libby. It's great to be here. So um, you've been an active member of AIADA for years, I know, but this is your first time in the city as AIADA's chairman. What are your plans while you're in town? So, I mean, the, the first thing is really to, to spend a little bit of time with the staff. Um, you know, this is actually the first time I've been to, to AIADA headquarters here, so it was great to kind of see where, where all the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, got some, we have some, uh, some hill visits coming up. Um, we got a, a, a pretty full slate. Yeah, we, we've got you scheduled for all sorts of things. Um, can you tell listeners a little bit about yourself and how you originally got involved in AIADA? Sure. So, so I'm a second generation dealer. Um, my dad obviously was a uh, past AIADA chairman. He's he was involved in AIADA for for a long time. Um, so when I first got in the business, I started coming to the fly-ins and got to see you know, sort of what goes on on Capitol Hill and, and how it affects our business. And, uh, you know, back when I first started, it wasn't something that I was, you know, really saw the need to get into. But as I was in the business for a little bit longer and became a dealer myself, you know, it's it's changed my perspective on the importance of, of being involved and, and being involved in AIADA. So that's that's sort of how I got here. What is your dad? What What does Rick think about you taking over? here kind of in his old CAIDA. So he's happy to see the the progression of, of you know, sort of what he started in, in, in our business and uh, and happy to see me carry it on. And, and you know, obviously he knows the importance of, of being involved um, and he sort of instilled that in me. And uh, so he's, he's, he's happy to see it. So that's nice to hear because one thing we he- see working in D.C. is that partisanship and divisiveness have really have a lot of Americans wanting to be actually less involved with the legislative process. Um, when you're talking to your fellow dealers, like what would you tell them if they're reluctant to engage in advocating for their businesses on Capitol Hill? Well, I mean, I think most dealers are reluctant to, to engage in any kind of political advocacy, um, you know, which is, is, definitely justified. Um, you know, we're businessmen, businesswomen, we're not politicians, but the more that you see how these decisions affect our business and our everyday lives and our employees' lives and our, our customers' lives, it's, it's very important to get involved. Um, and you don't necessarily have to come down to Washington and, and be involved that way. The association has plenty of ways that you know, that you can be involved without actually coming to Washington. Yeah. You, d- you don't have to come to the swamp. That's what exactly. we want people to understand. Exactly. Well, what are some of the really big political issues facing dealers today? 
I mean, the biggest political issues we face today, so, sort of everything becomes a political issue, which, you know, a lot of things shouldn't necessarily be political. Um, the, the whole EV, um, the, the move to EVs and the, the EV tax credits and how the EV tax credits are, are uh, determined, you know, it sort of it shouldn't be a political issue, but it's sort of turned into a political issue. Um, that's one of them. Uh, just the regulatory environment that we're in right now. Um, you know, the new FTC regulations that are coming out. Uh, it's a it's a big it's a big issue for for dealers today. Yeah, there's plenty going on. So if a dealer does kind of want to dip their toes into AIADA's legislative efforts, but like we are saying, maybe they don't actually want ready to come into D.C. or meet with the lawmaker. What are some things they could do? So the best thing about this organization is you don't really have to do much of anything other than reach out to the organization and tell them that you want to have a dealer visit or you want to have some sort of outreach to your local legislator. We've had our own dealer uh, dealer visits with our legislators, and it's it's such a light lift. You know, the, the, the staff here at AIADA takes care of everything. They set up the appointments. All you really have to do is block out half an hour, an hour of time, maybe bring in some food for your employees and, and, and your legislator, and uh, you know, and and have a visit. A lot of times, your your state ATAEs will coordinate it as well. Um, it's it's not a heavy lift at all. I would just if you if you have any kind of inkling that you want to have a dealer visit, just reach out to the staff. And hopefully, your representative will leave your store with kind of a better understanding of what your business sort of needs from DC and also what they're bringing to their district in terms of employment and as a tax base and all sorts of things. Oh yeah, your your employees are their constituents, you know. So that's it's important for them to hear from your employees and hear how their decisions affect your employees' everyday lives. Let's talk about EVs. We you brought it up before. As a retailer, how are you approaching the transition from traditional internal combustion engines to electric vehicles? So as a retailer, we're letting the market sort of dictate how, how it goes. Um, I mean, as far as infrastructure and all that, we're doing everything that we can to, to facilitate moving over to EVs. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're buying the chargers. We're, we're setting up the, the EV service areas, um, buying the equipment, the forklifts that, that we need to move the batteries around, the storage areas for the, for the EV batteries. Um, but as far as the actual transition from internal combustion to, to EVs, you know, that's something that the market decides. So we're just, we're just going along for the ride. It sounds like you're being pretty proactive, though. You are thinking ahead and trying to prepare as best you can. Oh, absolutely. So what are some of the challenges you're running into as you undergo that process? So there's a few challenges we're going through. So there's, A, the infrastructure challenge. Um, you know, we have our level three chargers that we bought, I'm going to say, pretty close to a year ago. Uh, they're still not installed. They're still sitting in shipping crates in my parts department because the power company can't put enough power to the poles on the highway for us to connect the chargers to. So that's 
you know, that's been the biggest issue as far as the infrastructure goes. It's it's not that we don't want to. We've already bought the equipment, but you know, we're we're just we're waiting for um, for the infrastructure to be there to to get them in. Um, you know, the second challenge that we see, which is a big one on the on the legislative side, is the EV tax credits. The brands that we represent don't qualify for any of the the EV tax credits, so that's been a challenge. What brands are those? So we have Hyundai, Kia, Genesis, and Subaru. Um, all those brands have full electric vehicles, and none of them qualify for the EV tax credits at this point. Oh, wow. And how are your customers in New Jersey kind of reacting to even having electric vehicle options? So when we had our $7,500 tax credit, our customers in New Jersey were react reacting very positively. Uh, once that tax credit went away, the enthusiasm sort of went away with the tax credit. Um, so, you know, we're, we're doing what we can to keep the adoption of EVs up. But, you know, again, the market ultimately decides how that goes. And to be clear, the tax credit went away because the brands you're selling, they're no longer eligible because of either um, like assembly, North American assembly restrictions or battery component restrictions, or they've already sold the maximum number of electric vehicles that are eligible. There's all a number of reasons why a lot of cars, a lot of electric vehicles no longer qualify. Right. So, yeah. So our brands, none of them are assembled in North America. Um, so they're all imported. Uh, so that's that's the reason that it that all of them are, are knocked out. Um, to be honest with you, I have no idea where the components and the batteries are even made. Um, I don't think you're so, alone. So, so I, uh, I I couldn't tell you if they would qualify if the assembly requirement wasn't an issue, but I would bet that they wouldn't. So uh, maybe we've already answered this question, but as an international nameplate dealer, what's keeping you up at night? So the biggest concern that I have, you know, our, our brands, especially the Korean brands, have, have already said that they're, they're moving to a full, you know, a full transition to all EV. Um, so what keeps me up at night is imagining right now that if I had only EVs to sell and a $7,500 disadvantage to cars that were assembled in North America, you know, that's, that, would, that would put a... Uh, a big disadvantage to us going forward. So that's that's really what keeps me up at night. You have a lot of employees to worry about. How many people work at your family stores? We employ about 120 people. Well, on a more positive note, on the flip side, when you look at the future of auto retailing, what are you excited about? So on the flip side, especially I'm going to keep going back to the EV, the technology is is unbelievable. They're, they're fun to drive. They're just, it really is an impressive product across any model line. Um, but the actual products and the, the technology in them, it's, it's really exciting. Oh, yeah. We, we see just, it feels like daily. There's new announcements about new electric vehicles that are going to be hitting stores soon, and it's exciting. Yeah, exactly. Every everybody's coming out with a new a new model. Like you said, it seems like every every couple months is a new one coming out, and each one is more impressive than the last one. 
So you've got about nine months, I guess, left in your time as AIADA chairman. Do you have any particular goals you're really looking um, to reach or issues you particularly want to focus on? So we really just want to stay out in front of these issues that we have. And, you know, again, stay out in front of our legislators, make them know how these issues affect us and affect our businesses and really try and encourage everybody to, to reach out to your local legislators. So, you know, so it's not just a handful of, of dealers working with their local legislators. It's really got to be a nationwide effort, um, you know, between big cities, small towns, just everybody, everybody touting the same message. Um, so th that's really what, what I'd like to do is just more encouragement of everybody getting involved in the dealer visit program. Well, thank you, Mike, and thank you for joining us here for our latest episode of Beltway Talk. All right. Thanks, Libby. Thanks once again to Mike DeSilva for joining Beltway Talk. For you listeners, feel free to drop us a line and let us know of any topics you'd like to hear about on future podcast episodes. I can be reached with my email, newmanl at aiada.org. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.